You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. Doc, how long was that pre-show? Good God. All right. <laughs> Listen, man, y'all said that y'all liked the pre-show, our Patreon community. Y'all said y'all liked it. So we kind of been leaning in uh, to the pre-show a little bit harder, if you haven't noticed. So if you want like really dope conversation about what we talk about. Lizzo, Billboard. We tried to answer the question of what is a lyricist, which you know yeah. went all over the place. Went all over the place because it's a, it's a, it's not an easy answer. It's complicated. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, nuanced, yeah. and you're on CRS. Like, what, you, what you want? What do you want? Right. And uh, yeah, some other stuff. You know, we're a housing podcast now, so we're trying to get some <laughs> HGTV money. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Doc, if you yeah. and I did a, a housing show. Uh-huh. Did you see, wait, 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 did you see the commercial for that Cameron episode, that Cameron show where he's like flipping houses on Paramount? I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Duh, it looks so bad. Yeah, well. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. Does it have a, a really of- bad title that's like a pun on one of his like it's albums? Like hip- no, Is it's it like, like hip- hip hop homes or something like that. Like You're it's, telling it's me corny. he didn't call it Come Home With Me? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Ah, uh, I didn't even think of that. That's a layup, but it, it's just it's bad. Clearly, they came to him with a bag. And it's called Hip Hop My House. Oh, because it's multiple people. Oh, I see. All right, hold on. Oh, was it's, it multiple people? The commercial I saw was like Hip Hop Artist Cameron joins with this person to do this. Let me see. Oh yeah, maybe it is. Oh, I thought it was just one episode, but yeah, oh oh yeah yeah okay yeah okay it is just one episode because other episodes, um. Yeah, forthcoming episodes. Oh no, no, never mind. I'm, I take that back. Um, it's yeah, it's just them now. Some episodes are going to be in. It says drawing experience from artists like Ray Schremer, Tyga, The Migos, Nelly. I don't understand what's going on with the show, but okay. Apparently, it's on Paramount Plus right now. Yeah, it is. I'm. I'm not. You're not watching. watching it. No. Listen. I'm not. Cameron was like, "Someone's got a bag. What are we doing?" Yeah. What are we doing? It just looks like a bunch of people who don't listen to hip hop trying or trying to make a show about hip hop. The, the the commercial was an extreme turn off. Mm. I'm not doing it. so. We trying to get that back. Like, oh, y'all trying to get y'all trying to get in the in into the hip hop house space. Let's do it. I'm down. Um, so we're getting that money. Uh, so yeah, check out the pre show. But yeah, Armand is here. What's up, y'all? Whatever, y'all know where to follow me. Uh, Doc is here. What's up, Doc? What's going on, everybody? Um, Armand had just talked about the Patreon. If you're listening to this and you're not a member, please head over to patreon.com slash CRS podcast. You get full uncut episode versions of every episode plus more because a lot of episodes we split into multiple sides. And what you get on this on the free part is just a little bit. Plus, we got pre-shows. Sometimes we do Patreon exclusive episodes. If you like the show, you want to be on the Patreon. So head over That's there. right. Big facts. As the youth say. As the use, I don't know if they say that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You know, my kids get here. They put me on to all the latest stuff. Man, I'm on TikTok more than anything now. <laughs> I'm really sorry, man. I'm so sorry it's happening. Nah, to you. nah, nah. It's cool. No, it's cool. Trust. It's not like again. You find TikTok is so big. You find different niches. So there's like a nerdy rap. Niche oh, I'm sure. Of yeah, it, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So it, it, it's it's not it's not that big of a deal, but. Shout yeah! Shout out to the Patreon. What's up, y'all? If you're not there, you need to get there. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the party of the summer. <laughs> sure, why not? It's the party of the summer. You need to get here. You know what I'm saying? Doc and I just taking turns DJing sets, and it's pretty good. We got some good food. You know what I'm saying? But whatever, whatever with all that. Um, 
This is probably a two-parter. Sure. Two-part episode. We're probably going to have a, a... And we haven't done like an intentional two-part episode in a long time. And yeah. I would like to do one. So. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, because we haven't done a, a, a retro. We haven't done a retro in long. What's the, long, what's the last retro we did? Yeah, we just did a definitive. You know, we could do a Beyonce. Right? That'd be interesting. I don't know if it's really up our alley. But, oh um, yeah, we might need. <laughs> <laughs> might need a, an assistant. Yeah, a guest we might star, need a special guest. Yeah. You saying Beyonce's catalog is not for us? That's all we would say. It would be just three hours of that. No, um, like like I'm not gonna have pains. Um, which is gonna be the theme of this show. Um, nice. so why? But why would we have a two part episode, Armand? Is it because we are talking about the one and only Beyonce Knowles today? Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking about Renaissance, of course. Um, before we get into that, yeah, is there anything else we need to cover? Anything else in the news? Um, so there's a lot going on that we're going to we're gonna have a uh, a catch up episode soon. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of small projects that have come out that we want to address and, and and get out. Um, I saw. I think it was last week. Hmm. You might have missed it. I don't know, but we had um, uh, we have a, a conviction or a verdict in uh, the Nipsey Hussle murder case. Um, so I mean, obvious, clear as day. Um, it was just a matter of time before Eric Holder was found guilty, uh, first degree murder. I do not know when his sentence his sentencing is, and I don't know. Does California have the death penalty? Like, what is that? Oh, I don't know anymore. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the, oh, let me see, let me see, oh, it's, the, it's literally the second option. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah. Wait. Oh, okay. So, um, as of January 5th, 2022, there were 694 prisoners on California's death row, but oh my the state goodness. has not. But the state has not executed anyone since 2006. So they have death row, but not really. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Shook. <laughs> Shook shot me. Shook shot me. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I I don't I don't know what else to say other than like, man, it's really been three years since since Nip was murdered. Um, I often think about what would be going on in music and what he would be doing if he was still alive. Um, as things have changed, music has changed twice over since 2019. Mm. Um, and I just would want to know how somebody like him would, would kind of fit into fit into that space. I think about that with a lot of rappers who's passed. Like, I wonder what would like what would Pac be doing right now? He's 50. You know, I wonder what you know. I, I I'm just very curious about how what would R&B be like if Aaliyah was still still alive? Like. Just very curious about that stuff, but rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, I'm glad that there was um, justice served in in his murder, and um, not really else, not really much else to say about that. But um, where are we at, Doc? We want to jump straight into into Beyonce. How do you? I, I think so because I think like there's a lot to talk about, even if yeah. we're. But we should we should make the caveat that you know this album came out well came out officially two days ago, but unofficially yeah. came out like three and a half days ago. Yeah. As we record this. And so, you know, our our opinions are these are early opinions. I definitely don't have track by track notes. I have maybe like pointed observations about the album just because I'm still. Yeah. I'm still. Ooh, 
I just got a really interesting. Um, I'm gonna send this to you. Oh, it's something to talk about. No, in, in terms of Beyonce's numbers, oh, okay. you talked about. You talked about. Um, yeah, on the pre-show, we we talked briefly about what the expectations for her for her numbers are. Mm-hmm. Let me send you this. Dun, 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 dun. Where are you, Doc? There you go. Check out that little check out that little caveat there. Let's see what we got. Sending me to the gram. Oh no, where's that going? And I'm sending you to the shade room. It's even worse. I think I saw this. So I I just I just saw this in real time. And so you talked about Hold on, I'm trying it's not loading, but oh. that's all right. So for those who can't see, since this is a podcast, yes. <laughs> and we don't, we're not doing video currently. So there's a, um, there's a, so Beyonce is projected to sell between two seventy five and three fifteen as of Sunday morning when we're recording this podcast. Her previous first week totals in the U.S. Yeah. So dangerously in love did three seventeen. B Day did five forty one. Sasha Fierce did four eighty two. Mm-hmm. Four did three ten. Her self title album did six seventeen. Lemonade did six fifty three. So it's interesting that Doc, you talk about Beyonce numbers um, in your. This is interesting. This might you know potentially be underselling, but that that four selling three ten is sticking out like a sore thumb to me. Why? And I would love to. I just would love to know the context because Beyonce is like dangerously in love doesn't count. That's early Beyonce. Like I ain't tripping off that, but typically four fives and sixes. Uh, champagne, which she's she's in that upper echelon. That like those are very strong numbers, and that's actually that's also in a physical era. You got Lemonade and Beyonce in a physical era. You got her self title album also being a a surprise drop. Surprise drop. Um, but why is four? Why did four sell half of that? What so happened? Four is released uh, June twenty eleven. Hmm. And the the two lead singles were, were it was, it's run the world mm-hmm. and best thing I never had. Now mm. I might make some people mad. I don't consider those upper echelon Beyonce singles. She's got a lot of singles, right? If Beyonce shows up, she'd never show up to a versus. In a hypothetical world where she shows up to a versus, she's got so many singles that are that are considered classics, right? Those two were probably not at the top of her of her set list. Yeah. So she she might do girls. Maybe. Yeah. She's got other songs that are energetic and fun like that that she might go to as well. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, I don't know. Like when I look at four compared to her other albums, I don't know. It doesn't see you know, I know folks love records like Love on Top, Party. I was gonna one say like one. I know. Four has some definitive Beyonce songs. Sure, but like that album had a long life. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was releasing singles off that for mm-hmm. you know for a long time. You know, Love gotcha. on Top she doesn't even push until fall. Um, Party doesn't get pushed until late summer fall. So like it might just be how they started because that's that's first week. That's not overall that's first sales. Week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously a very successful album. But yeah, I was wondering what it is. But yeah, in terms of in terms of right off the bat, you know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, that happens. One plus one, I care, I miss you, party, 
rather die young. Love on top. Countdown. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strong. Play a player. Uh, three ten. Why well, I don't care about? Okay, it was certified platinum in by August. Yeah, it did fine. It did then, fine. Yeah. Okay, as of as of November twenty sixteen, it sold five million copies worldwide. Okay, yeah, it did it did well. Slow burn. Slow burn. Slow burn. She's out. entitled to a slow burn. It's fine. Right, because okay. bef- yeah, because I, you know, Sasha Fierce. I mean, first of all, it's a double disc. Mm-hmm. It's just a oh, lot. Man. She cheated. You know, well, because I was. Th- <laughs> it was a double disc, right? I am because it was, yeah, it was I double am disc. And yeah, because I am yeah. and then Sasha Fierce. Yeah, yeah. That I was mean, the, that was the days when everybody was like, I have an alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And the discs are pretty short, you know. In, unless you get the deluxe edition, like each disc disc is like five songs. It's too. It's really too. It's like you know. It's not that long until mm-hmm. she until she tacks on the uh, the deluxe editions or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. but no, like because I, I was trying to compare to, I was thinking her first her her, her projected numbers for this versus what Kendrick did, right? Mm-hmm. Kendrick is two discs with a lot of tracks. Yeah, and you know, those those listens add up. Yep. You know, didn't what on, on on Cole's last album he had a line something like you know, thirty song albums do a measly hundred thou I think is what he says. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not that um, you know it's not that you know I don't think I think Kendrick was trying to manipulate for streams or whatever, but it matters in this era if you're getting numbers from streaming, if you've got some small interludes that are not you know ninety seconds long that counts just as much as if somebody listens to something else. Yeah. So you're gonna get a bigger number if you've got smaller tracks in between. That's just the way it goes. So like that's why it's like comparing, you know, streaming numbers between albums of different lengths and different structures at different times is really complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is we need mad skits on Armand and Doc too. We're gonna have an intro, and then the, uh, like a skit, and then like a uh, you know maybe like yeah. I'm going to take, we're going to take these songs and slice them into like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's really four parts. <laughs> you know. All right. That's, that's what this Beyonce album is. It's a, it's a three act. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. It, um, it is, I, I've seen people say it's designed, like every song flows into one another. That's not mm. exactly true. Right. There yeah. are chunks of sequences that are definitely in, and we're going to say his name a lot, in our man Terius Nash, aka The Dream, mm-hmm. who you and I, we, we, uh, we are members of the Dream uh, bandwagon, mm-hmm. especially his first, his first three to four albums. Absolutely. And um, he sort of, his, one of his trademarks were, were these like three, sometimes four song sequences that all seamlessly link to one another. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Terius Nash is alive and well. Absolutely. There's the album opens with two separate three song sequences. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of switches up and there, is, there are lots of songs that do blend nicely. But, you know, I think especially the way this album opens up, you know, you get that. But you said it's this album is three parts. Yes, yeah, what it said. It was uh, it's act one. Oh, and- oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's the other thing we haven't talked about at all. So this is you know, albums Renaissance. This is billed as act one. When she teased this album, she initially teased B7 and B8, meaning her seventh and eighth album. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of fans have been assuming that there is a, at least one more album coming as one of those acts. Mm. Now, the rumor was that we had heard that she had been working with, like on, on you know, dance music, mm-hmm. but that also she was working with country music. Mm. I'm just here to tell you right now, if, if the next, if act two is a Beyonce country album, I'm cool. <laughs> Unless you're telling me she got like the dream <laughs> to make country music. Oh, come on. Who do you think she got? Randy Travis or something? I, <laughs> you <laughs> name drop country artists the way I name drop 90s wrestlers. It's great. <laughs> Randy Travis. Ah, that's the first one I remember as a kid. It you is know, she's it got is. A, she got a Brooks and Dunn collabo. Absolutely. It's coming. She got a, what was, uh, what was uh, Garth Brooks' alter ego? What was his name? <laughs> Chris Chad Gaines. Gaines. Chris Gaines. I said Chad Gaines. Yeah. It's okay. Chris Gaines is the most generic white man name I've ever heard. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, there are rumored that there's going to be so three acts, what they are. Who knows? I think considering Beyonce and her history, one of those acts being a visual album or For something sure. could mm. happen one of those acts no... being the tour could help could mm. happen yeah the act could show up in, in many different ways that's a good point because there no there's no as of now i'm sure by the time this episode comes out something will be out but there are no music videos currently for this album right there aren't and i didn't talk about this in the pre-show when we were sort of starting to talk about the first week numbers for beyonce but i am curious why at the very least there's no video for break my soul yeah at this point mm-hmm it's been out for what two weeks three weeks yeah yeah and i mean as an artist who's known for her videos Mm -hmm. i do wonder because this happened with because she did the lion king soundtrack but then a year later she did black is king right which was like the visual accompaniment and a petty shot at kanye but i digress (laughs) i still i'm still holding on to that um so like i wonder are the are the expectations so high for what Beyonce does visually now that like because there's really there really is no reason why break like if you're just like from a, a an execution point of view in terms of like this is the single I want to mm-hmm. go number one I want the mm-hmm. numbers to blow up like the idea that there wasn't a single for Break My Soul I, I, if it's not ready when the album when the song comes out first that's fine but like yeah. the week the album comes out. Is yeah, the perfect sure. time to drop the Break My Soul video. Absolutely. Because then you re-get everybody excited. And also that's going to increase your numbers. Because all of these songs are on YouTube as like lyric videos or just as basic mm-hmm. videos you with audio. But if you get the videos going, that's a whole other way you're going to juice those streams. Now, maybe that's she right. doesn't care about that, but she's Beyonce. I'm guessing she cares a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, clearly, like, listen, if anybody has a plan, it's Beyonce. So, um Right. We'll, see, we'll see something though i, I we are definitely good i i mean i even think i saw something from the dream on, on on social where he was like he was referencing like that there's you know there's stuff there's videos coming which makes yeah. sense of course of course yeah of course she's a visual artist like yeah she's 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 created the expectation she put out a whole album and then she pulled a 50 cent and did videos for every song on the album. But when you go back and look at those massacre videos, <laughs> you know, he was an innovator. OK, it, he was. But all those videos are like after you get to like track seven or eight, they, he just stands in front of a green screen and raps. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, um, you know, it looks like it looks like they they had somebody like use a PlayStation 2 to render some graphics. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Whereas Beyonce was like, no, 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 we're going to... We're going to do this. And- yeah, we had the money. It's in the budget. 
there's a time for her to make this break my soul. She wants to lean into this dance bag. She can make a CNC Music Factory gonna make you sweat. Black box, uh, snap. I got the power. Yeah, like lots of sepia tones. Uh, stro- uh not strobe lights. What's the thing I'm looking for? Um, just flashing lights everywhere. Black and white. Uh, you know, ambiguously dressed people, men with men with no shirts on, <laughs> suspenders, uh, um, leggings, yeah. with their hair pulled back in a bun, just looking straight into the camera, moving around, voguing. Well, bringing voguing I mean, back. Break my soul would not. There's a lot of records out here that might bring voguing back. I don't know if Break My Soul is uh, one of them, but I hear you. Listen, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um. To absolutely nobody's surprise, I have very detailed track by track notes. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there. I can't. Lie. Okay. I've heard. I've heard this album like maybe four times. Yeah, I'm not there yet because I'm okay. still trying to. I'm still trying to figure this album out. Well, that's good. I mean, I think part of this can be we can talk through this. I've got credits. We could talk through how we're feeling so far, and see where this goes. Can you do me a favor and yeah. play a snippet? Before of course. We get into the song, just so yeah, just of course, my of course. I got all that. I got all that lined up. We we got to talk about the Khalees thing. Um, yes. I want to talk about when we get to break my soul. I know the song's already been out, but I want to talk about this the quote unquote sampling happening on Break My Soul because I, yes. I tweeted about this and we're just getting out of line. It's, it's out of line right now. <laughs> Crediting keyboards, see, like patches. Get out of here. <laughs> all right, let's do it, man. All right, let's man. do it. Um, so as we said, the album we're talking about, it's called Renaissance, um, is just over an hour long. Every single song on here is co-written and co-produced by Beyonce, as is the norm these days. She's got a whole gang of people. I'm going to highlight the ones that might be interesting. I'm not going to attempt to list every single writer on some of these songs because it's absurd. Right. Let's start with I'm That Girl. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, Tommy Wright the third. Tommy, yeah. Tommy Wright the third. Yes. Still pimping. This is quite a um, an audacious and interesting opening for Beyonce. Absolutely, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> takes a, takes a while to get going. <laughs> produced by. Kelman Duran, who I don't know who that is, uh, Mike Dean, S1, and others, co-written oh, by. Yes, S1 has got a couple uh, placements on here, uh, co-written by the Dream. Um, she's not messing around, man. This confidence on this is. Have you ever heard Beyonce this confident? Yes. When? Where? This um, is unbelievable. I feel like she was very confident on. Uh, I guess confident. It's like an audacious confidence. Yeah, she was talking kind of crazy on the on the um, on the. I mean, she she does it in spots. I feel like she was talking crazy on the Everything Is Love album. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, and then there's pockets on every album because that's one of the things that Beyonce is known for is just confident making these audacious statements. But um, you're right. It's it's more of a consistent theme on this album. It's like where's Beyonce at? Yeah. Um, so the music, a lot of the focus is on the music, right? Yeah dance different genres whatever whatever but like what is beyonce actually talking about it's like yeah i'm i'm worth a billion dollars yeah and 
Yeah, I mean, so she's incredibly confident. I'm um, the GOAT. This song, it's a little bit of a, as you pointed out, takes a little while to get rolling. Mm-hmm. But then there are, as, as you will hear often on this album, this song has the first of many beat switches on the album. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like many of our favorite records that have the dream as a writer on them, they're sometimes stuffed with so many ideas yes that it's almost overwhelming yes yes um and it it feels better this album feels better in with excuse me within its own context yeah so what i mean by that is if you let this play you can get lost in this album man yes you can yes you can um it has an absolutely seamless segue to the next track Mm -hmm. as the first of kind of a three song sequence we got going on here um, I like this intro. It's really yeah, unorthodox. I'm that dope. Yes, I like it. I'm it's trying hard. to. I was. I went and listened to that Tommy Wright the Third record. Yeah. And I'm like, because you know we're we're looking for samples. We so are. I, was like, I wonder. And what? How was what was her name? Print was it Princess Loco? Yeah, was, Princess. Was that the other artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, how she's rapping on the record, like, I don't know if you want to pull that up, but how she's rapping on the record is very typical of Southern uh, hip hop in the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, very aggressive, pretty much rapping like a guy, but just with. Mm. Right there. That's it. Right there. Incredible. So, I'm curious. Yeah, so I'm just like, yo, what drugs were you taking (laughs) to say that's the sample? And I mean that as a compliment. No, listen. That's very interesting. I mean, I have some, I think I've talked about this in the show once before, but like, I, you know, I used to, you know, I used to enjoy an an adult beverage from time to time. And I used to really enjoy, you know, having a drink and then coming up and chopping samples because I would, you know, but I don't really drink all that much anymore. And I have thought, sometimes thought to myself, I'm like, man, am I less creative because I'm not drinking anymore? <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing that people say, right? It's like when you yeah. take the drugs, they open yeah. up, you know, yeah. creativity, access creativity that yeah. you otherwise wouldn't get if yeah. you're sober, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. We might need to take some shrooms to finish. <laughs> <laughs> man, a lot of things are legal now. I don't know, man. Man, listen. But I'm that girl. Good opener. I like it. What's what I think is really interesting about this being the opener is like, I feel like if you if all you heard going into this was "Break My Soul," and you heard it's going to be a dance album. I'm that girl is not what you're expecting at all. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of good because yeah, it's a dance album, but like it's a lot of different kinds of dance. Yes, it's like Drake the Drake album. Yeah, I want you good. You, I knew we were going to talk about this at some point. Yeah, we. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really get into it later. I don't okay. want to like really get into the bag, but yeah. the Drake album kind of like stuck into the dance vein, and so the only record that's kind of not a dance record outside of Jimmy Jimmy Cooks is like, excuse me, Sticky. Yeah. Um, but even that has some you can, dance. Yeah, you can dance to it, but yeah, it's not a dance, dance record. It. Yeah. Whereas Beyonce throughout this album does a really good job of weaving so many different genres of music into one. So it's not like, right. This is the hip hop record. Right, this right, is right. the jazz record. This is the dance record. It's like so many elements of music that exist. Yeah. Um, and it comes out really dope. 
And so Beyonce can do this because she's kind of added this into her brand and she's done a really good job of like, yo, I want to be a rapper. Mm. <laughs> so if she she's coming over here on this hard hip hop beat and she's kind of talking in this lower baritone yeah. and she's talking cash, like it, it's not like it's not throwing you off, but at the same time, it's not break my soul. Right. It's a good song. Yeah, I like this record. This record is dope. All right, track two is Cozy. Uh, produced by Honey Dijon, Chris Penny, Luke Solomon, and Mike Dean. Mike Dean is all over this album. Mike Dean. Co-written by The Dream and a whole gang of other people. Mm-hmm. This a reminder. Very different than the first track. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to play a little snippet. So we're not trying to get in trouble here. Um, I will be fine. <laughs> to me, like, it's like, all right, you might. Sure, you could have danced to the first record, but now she really wants you to dance. Mm-hmm. This song is yep. impeccably produced. Yes. Like, even if that's not your exactly your favorite style, like you said, like, it's easy to get lost in this album because... So, uh, compa- like I w- like I said uh, on the pre-show, I was listening to the Carter's uh, album earlier today, and like that album is just so loose and almost underproduced compared to mm. something like this, which is mm-hmm. like the you can just tell how much they sweated over everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. The song is impeccably produced, and then at the end, they've got like the slight increase in tempo, so that you're like ready to get into the next record yeah come on man the record it's a good record i like the song a lot the record yep i agree i agree another theme of this album the what makes me what makes me happy when music does this is when i know it's not for me Mm. i'm not the target audience yeah but the music is produced so well that like it satisfies my very nerdy, critical ear. And I'm like, I can enjoy the fact that people put a lot of effort into it oh, and the yeah. execution works. Um, with that said, I like this record. This record is dope. Yeah. But like, what I really appreciate is like the care and the time. Like, it's clear that this was, when something is well produced and well executed, when somebody takes advantage of their budget and their resources, yeah. and they're like, yo, you know, as, a, as an independent artist, it's like, you can only do but so much, you know, like, yeah, we could do this. You know, it's like, Doc, we could bring in John Bryan and an orchestra. And we could <laughs> add all these elements to yeah. our mind and it's like, well, the reality of it is, is like, you know, we, we don't have a million dollar budget. We don't even have a thousand dollar budget. <laughs> like, we're just making music based off of what we have. Um, so when people are able to get into that million dollar echelon and they're not, you know, spinning it on rapper stuff. Um, they're actually putting it into the music. I really appreciate it. So, yes, well-produced. well produced, And that's a theme throughout this album. So, yeah. Um, good song. Let's, uh, let's talk about Alien Superstar, which has been, I feel like, a, a fan favorite online. Um, this is produced and co-written by a million people. Again, uh, Honey Dijon, who's a dance producer. Chris Penny, Luke Solomon, The Dream, Mike Dean. Somebody called uh, Nova Wave, co-written by a whole bunch of people. Jay's got writing credits on this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I told y'all Jay was working on an album. I told you he got an album coming out. So actually, I'm glad you brought this up, and then I'll play a snippet of Alien Superstar in a second. Um, I, if you go back and look at, you know, <laughs> if you go back and look at when Jay, ever since, honestly, since his, re, since his quote-unquote retirement from Def Jam, mm-hmm. look at when he has released albums, okay? So mm-hmm. Kingdom Come, Def Jam comes to him and says, we need an album for fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. that wasn't jay messing around feeling good like def jam was like we need this can you do it and he did it mm-hmm. american gangster he's inspired by the movie mm-hmm. he's got a reason to make music right mm-hmm. then he hooks himself up for this kind of like little part of his career where he hooks himself up to the kanye rejuvenation machine mm-hmm. blueprint three um and then watch the throne right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then when beyonce is recording for her self-titled album because uh, Magna Carta and Beyonce actually share quite a few of the same producers, right? Like, mm. I, f- I do wonder, like, is Jay, is it so the sort of thing where like Beyonce's got the whole machine going and he's just like, oh, what's Tim got in the studio today? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, you got Tim. It's like when, when, you're, uh, when your wife's friends become your friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, she's coming over. Oh. And then like, you think that you sit down on the couch with him. So what have you been up to? Yeah. And y'all end up like hijacking a conversation. Right. Yeah, I could. That's that's funny, actually. Um, but I could also see because people respect Jay so much. People are like, yo, I got beyond working on these Beyonce records. But Jay, I got something for, you. for sure. For sure. Um, then then he has 444, which is, you know, very much a he's going through this crazy experience in his life and he wants to to, to rap about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the Carter's album, which honestly is mostly a beyonce project yes featuring <laughs> um, jay-z featuring jay-z um he's he's got his what should be a co-starring album even though he's not a f- really credited that way with jay electronica where again mm-hmm. it's like ah, oh, he just gets to jump on and do some raps right all that to say in the last 15 years we don't have a lot of of times where like we we hear is like yeah jay just is like really wanting to make music and there's no other reason to do it you know what I mean? Mm. Like he's got, he's just at a different time in his career. So that being said, if while Beyonce's got folks coming by, if they're traveling around doing stuff and they're listening to music and he's hearing, oh, Pharrell sent you that? Hmm, okay. Oh, you worked with uh, Lil, you know, Lil Ju made the beat? Hmm, okay. What did he send over? Oh, Hip Boy sent you that? That's interesting. Like, I do wonder if like that's kind of what gets Jay going. For sure. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I, I, I see it even myself as I get older. It's like, having to intentionally be around creativity as opposed yeah. to just like conjuring it up. Oh yeah, man. Um, listen, yeah. listen. You don't like, yo, you just don't have time. No, I don't have time. And, and just your brain doesn't work like that anymore. I, I would, man, I'd be, I'd be working in a warehouse in a factory somewhere. And I would just, I would have literally receipts that I would find on the floor. I would get receipt paper from the floor and I'd rip it out. And I'd have a pen in my pocket and I would just write and I would just literally just play with words while I'm at work. Yeah. I'm just writing, 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 writing all day. That has not happened in 2022. <laughs> that has not happened. So when I I have to intentionally put myself in uh, creative environments yeah. to stir the creativity in me. And as you get older, that just gets more and more difficult. So I, I, I imagine it's even more difficult when you're 50 years old and your main um, sources of income and things that you do on a day-to-day basis don't have anything to do with 
direct creativity. Yeah. You're more on the business side. So yeah, it's like, let me sit in on these sessions and try and get creative. Yeah. You know, so Jay is kind of, kind of piggybacking and I, you know, just being at the age that I'm at right now, place in, in my life where I'm at, I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. All right. So like we said, alien superstar. Yes. Please it. do not be alarmed. Remain calm. So when this song first comes on, I'm thinking, hmm, okay. I think I know where this song is going, right? It sounds like Prince. It does very much sound like Prince. But I need to jump ahead because the hook... Hold on. This hook... That is Terius Nash, if I've ever heard it in my life. That <laughs> ooh, baby, I, I've heard the dream do that melody line a million times. That is, mm-hmm. I bet all, I'm not a betting man. I would bet all my money that he had his hands on that in some way. That's pure yeah. dream. That hook is ridiculous. There you go. That hook is incredible. Yeah. And yeah. then the outro, oh. Go stream Beyonce Renaissance right now. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. It's the dream. Oh man, Terry's Nash. Give I tweeted flowers. this out, but it's true. Um, I was playing bits of bits of this album on, on Friday morning for Marissa, and she was just like, "That really does sound like the dream." And I, first of all, I was very so proud, you know, because she's like, she hears it too. <laughs> she gets it. Mm-hmm. She knows, because you know, unfortunately. She's been with me long enough. She had to hear me the first time I heard Fancy be like, oh, no, listen to this. <laughs> no, now look what he does with this. So she's, she's heard all this already. And the thing I love about your wife, and my wife is similar to this too, I kind of laugh. Our wives entertain our shenanigans. Uh-huh. And, like, and, not in a, and not in a, sure, let yeah. the kid play with his toys. Like right, right. My wife will sit in the office with me mm. and I'll nerd out about something and she'll just... She'll be sitting down and she's just staring at me like, yeah, and then what? And she's asking all yeah, these yeah, questions yeah. like, oh, you're interested? Well, then look at this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you don't have that, you need it. It's, it's, it's great when your obsessive, nerdy, awkward, the spaces where that's like welcomed and invited, and especially when those spaces are intimate and personal, it's, just, it's the greatest feeling in the world. It's amazing. Because in most cases, you know, you know this, Doc. You try to talk music with people. And they're like, yeah, I like the song. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. Finding those safe spaces, man. But yeah. How do you I, haven't feel connected to, I haven't connected to this song yet. Mm. Not to say I don't like it, but I think, um, man, I just don't. I, I, sometimes I wonder if I don't have patience. Oh, you need patience like, for this song. Because yeah, you need patience yeah, you for need a lot of these songs. Album. Because yeah, it really evolves. Mm-hmm. And that's why it lends itself to a straight playthrough. It, yes. Like I, I said this on Twitter. I said this album feels like uh, a summertime house party with no AC. You just let it play and you literally dance the whole time. Right. Like this album, we talk about seamless transitions and stuff. And there's, you know, there's a, you said there's, a, there's a three song run that's about to happen. That is insane. Mm-hmm. So there's pockets. Right. But it's like the one thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't let up. Mm, you get there's you there, get, there's a spot to go get a drink at the bar. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. So what I mean by let up is like you have to make a decision of what you're going to do immediately. There's no 
traditional album where the song fades out true and then you've true, got true. one or two seconds before this next thing builds back up it's like boom 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 oh funny you know she does that exactly <laughs> boom 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 boom, boom. <laughs> anyway. um i really like alien superstar it's 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 funky it's weird people it's so like i've been i've been seeing all these responses people are like oh the hook this and that and i just want to like spam all yes, these people and be like, give the dream Yes, flowers. Oh, Beyonce so amazing! Like no, dog, and she is, because like no, she, look, she also had her hands on this. And there's a whole lot of people, but like I, I've listened to so much of the dream. Like even if he didn't do it, it's the spirit of him. Absolutely. Well, he probably said, "Yo, you should try this." So <laughs> right. maybe he didn't write it himself. But it is, if they're sitting in a studio brainstorming ideas, you, you know, somebody long enough to be like, "That's a dream idea." Yeah. In the outro, oh, so good. And then it goes, and then it, but it kind of like, it does, there is a bit of like after this three song run, it's like, okay, it actually does pause just a second and then we go into Cuff It. Mm -hmm. I feel like falling in love. Which is just straight up disco, death punk, you know? Yeah. Talk about those melodies. She can't, she can't help herself with what with melodies yeah yeah <laughs> she can't help herself like she like she's like me in the in most rappers in like the mid 2000s early mid 2000s with like ad libs like we just couldn't let i remember do you remember when commons b album came out yeah and the biggest takeaway for all the music nerds was that there were no doubles on the album no ad libs <laughs> Like the hooks, like there was nothing, literally. And they, and I remember Kanye or Common, one of them talking in an interview about how intentional that was. Mm. Because during that time, if somebody was rapping and there was like an empty space, you had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jeezy was infamous for that. Jim Jones was infamously terrible at that. And so when I hear this, I think of that era where like Beyonce's like, where can I put some, some melodies in? And just like the way that her brain works is like, she's not gonna let this very airy simple groove she's like no i need to add these things to it i mean it starts airy and simple but it keeps moving for sure and keeps evolving um cuff it is produced by nova wave rissy Raphael sadiq and the dream um so do you think she heard dua lipa and lizzo and was like all right you want to do this uh you want to try to do this kind of disco stuff Cool. So she grabs Raphael Sadiq, who's playing. It's the Good Times bass line that he's playing. Mm, 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 shout mm. out to Raphael Sadiq. That's so. Nile Rodgers on guitar. Mm. That's Sheila E. on drums. Mm. She's not messing around, man. That's a flex. This song, this song is immaculate. Mm. There's a, there's a, a, as with, you know, as with many songs in this album that are overstuffed maybe in a good way, with ideas. There's a, like a last bridge on here that almost evokes Shaka Khan's Ain't Nobody for a second, mm -hmm. where it's like, hmm, 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 hmm. And it's like, and you get the synths come along with it. And it's like, this. there's just so many parts to this song. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I like Cuff It. Word. Yeah, you're not there yet? Not there yet. Okay. Not there yet. It's not one of the ones that jumped out to me yeah. initially. But again, very well produced. And again, in the context of the album, because I did let this album ride out. And when I let this album ride out, I like pretty much everything. Um, but yeah. And so I got to talk about the segue to this next record. 
I'm gonna play this right now. So this is the end of Cuff It. Horns, come on. So we're going into energy. On stage, rocking out crazy. Coco flow like 1980s. Come lit still, I drop lazy. None of that maybe energy. So what people have been really talking about when they talk about the transitions online, they're specifically talking about the cuff it into energy and to break my soul run, right? Mm -hmm. Energy is an interesting. It's basically an interlude between cuff it and break my soul mm -hmm. is really what energy is. Um, it's produced by Skrillex, <laughs> Beam, Nova Wave, uh, co-written by a ton of people, including our guy, The Dream. Um, and there's a, there's a milkshake interpolation here. That's, oh, is there? That's causing some drama. Okay, so let's talk about it. There was a a a, a Khalees fan account on Instagram that somehow they must have like this is even before the album leaked. They said that there was a Khalees sample on the Beyonce album, and they said it was I think it was uh, "Get Along with You." Mm -hmm, "Get Along with You," yeah, right. And uh, you know. Khalees saw it. Mm -hmm. She got pretty mad. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. Um, brought up all a lot of issues that she has talked about for a long time with mm -hmm. Chad and Pharrell. Yes. Where <laughs> she, uh, I'm going to say feels, because I, I don't really know. It's hard to say because there's, there's but I'm just going to say what, what her accusations are, right? Which are that they basically trapped her in a bad contract. Mm -hmm. um they uh were supposed to split things you know evenly between them and they did not mm -hmm. um she claims that pharrell never never wrote a lyric a single lyric a single in lyric his, in his life in his life which <clears throat> if that's true would be one of the biggest music conspiracies i've ever heard in my life yeah because this isn't like you signed with puff who Puff has a lot of strengths. Puff's not a songwriter. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a tastemaker. He dabbles as a producer. Mm -hmm. He st still wakes up and thinks he's a dancer. He's a lot of things. <laughs> he's a businessman. Mm -hmm. He's a promoter. He's not a songwriter. Yeah. Pharrell and Chad are songwriters, man. Mm. Legendary. So some of why that's complicated is you and I were texting. But this is how you know where there's a lot going on in a week with big, big music stuff because you and I are texting about it instead of saving it for the show. Right, absolutely. Um, people might forget this. You know, Pharrell and Khalees, they dated right. previously. And I don't think mm -hmm. that ended too well. Clearly. From, um, yeah, that's pretty clear. So... Do you, uh, I'm going to, actually, I want to play what the, what, what actually, what the credit is for. And so it's not a, it's not a get along with you sample and it's not even a sample. It is an interpolation of milkshake that do. So when you clear a sample, right, there are two, there are two batches of rights at play. There are the master recording rights and then there are the songwriting rights. Mm -hmm. So when you clear a sample, you're not just clearing, you're not just giving credit to the person who wrote it. You're clearing that actual like recording of it. The actual like, mm -hmm. oh, the, the lyrics, the, the, the vocal, the, the sound waves that Khalees literally put into the air that were captured on disc, you know, when she sang Milkshake. Like that would be if you sampled Milkshake or the actual like notes that Chad and, and Pharrell played on their on their Korg Triton keyboard. Right. Mm 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try time. No, seriously. Oh man, there's a there's an Instagram account that keeps finding its way into my explore page where just follow it, Doc. I should just follow it. That um has famous presets. Mm. And they've this account has done a ton of um like old Neptunes records. All mm. those like so many famous ones. It's all I mean they're they're skillfully played. It's just all Cork Chartan presets, all of them. Mm. All of them, man. Okay. It's inc- it's a, it's that's that's the most doc underscore beatish Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in- it's also interesting to see like that was like the big keyboard back in the day, and it, mm-hmm. but it also mixes in like you know more current artists, you know, um, yeah. and it's like oh it's you know nobody uses those sounds really anymore. We're gonna talk about presets in a second anyway. But anyway, okay. So okay. it's not a milkshake sample; it's a milkshake interpolation. Okay. And I'm going to play for you what the interpolation, what what the, what part they credited as an interpolation. Okay. But before I do that, when you are giving credit for interpolating, you're giving credit to the songwriters only, not the master recording. Okay. So you do not have to get permission to to put down an interpolation. You have to credit mm-hmm. it properly, and you probably will have to pay out a portion of your songwriting royalties. Mm-hmm. You, not probably, mm-hmm. you do. But you do not have to get permission. Much in the same way, if you were to do, if you are, a, uh, if you're an artist and you want to cover someone's song, you don't have to get their permission to do the cover. You just have to. You're not going to get any songwriting royalties from that. You will get master royalties because your song is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Beyonce did not have to even ask Khalees or, frankly, Chad or Pharrell for anything. They just have to properly credit it. And in the actual credits on Beyonce.com. It says interpolates milkshake written by Chad and Pharrell, performed by Khalees. So we get a, a mixture of a couple things here, right? We get a fan account that has it wrong. The artist sees it on social media, and this obviously must bring up quite a bit because she has she kind of references as a part of some of her videos, I think, where she's talking about like how. I'm going to paraphrase this and you might remember exactly basically like that Beyonce has copied her before. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, so there's clearly some feelings that she has because you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, the two of them, I don't know if you want to say they were neck and neck, but they were in a conversation of sorts. Mm -hmm. They were out there in the world making hit R and B records. And now Beyonce is Beyonce. And no disrespect to Khalees, but Khalees' career, you know, she's at a different stage in her career now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you combine that with the contractual issues and her long-standing issues with Chad and Pharrell, and you get this whole little cocktail that really kind of dominated news for a day for Beyonce almost. Mm-hmm. Before I play the, 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 the snippet that is credited, is there anything else you want to add? You covered a lot of it. You Sorry, covered man. a lot of receipts. I took, of I, took you all your, I took all your. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. No, this this will be do. Um, I think the only thing that I would like to, I guess maybe there's room for me to speak on because you laid that out so masterfully, is the ask. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Khalees was saying was, you should ask because basically we're both women. And you sing about empowerment. Yes. And that would be just the the kind, courteous thing to do. Um, and uh, 
I forgot about my Pharrell rant that I had on social media too. I didn't really get into that bag the way I should have. But I'll start with I'll start with with Khalid. So that's kind of tricky. Because in theory, yes, if I was doing something with your stuff, I would ask, hey man, love your stuff. Can I use this? Can I use this? Hey girl, love your stuff. Can I use this? Sure. I think when you get to a certain level and you get to a certain place, there's not really a whole lot of space for courtesy. Um, Mm. And I'm not surprised that Beyonce didn't do that because I guess the question would be, well, why would she? You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess you would think, and I guess this leads into my Pharrell rant because what a lot of artists do, especially now, you know, when we were coming up, it was cool to be gangster and tough and hate everybody and be by yourself and kill everybody. Now it's cool to be nice and courteous yeah. and uh, have a great set of morals. Great and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, look, man, listen, the same way that CB4 sort of like glamorized how the, the studio gangster, right? There are also a lot of people in the music business that just operate in a, in a faux sense of morality. They just do. Your, your morals, not to say, some of, in some instances, they don't exist at all. On another level, they exist with people that you know. So um, does Beyonce ask Khalees? No. But does Beyonce ask Pharrell and Chad? Yes. Why? Because they have relationship, right? So, you know, <laughs> the funniest part more than Beyonce was the things that Khalees was saying about Pharrell. Like clearly, like you said, clearly it didn't end well. And a lot of the, the pot shots that she was giving him was like, you know, those were overhand rights. Oh, man. And she was le- she was leaning into him, especially the part where she said <laughs> he sings songs about being happy. He was like, I'd be happy, too, if I jerked a bunch of artists and was making money off it. Like, I was like, dang. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's what some of these artists do. And I'm not saying Pharrell does or doesn't do that. But I, I've heard stories. This is the first time I've heard Pharrell stories of Pharrell, you know, uh, sort of being a paperwork gangster with, I mean, the music industry is predatory, it's cutthroat. So I'm not surprised. Do you just think that all these moral people cut through all of the predatory cutthroat stuff and just do good by everybody? No, of course not. They've probably done some shady stuff. Um, There was another point about Pharrell that I was going to make and I forgot it. Dang it. Oh, well. The thing with, like, we have so much video proof a Pharrell in the studio with people. Yeah. The idea that he's never wrote a lyric is like, come on now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know you're going to get in that bag. Like, look, he's, no, it's, she, look it, it makes it hard because I, you know what? <laughs> I, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't doubt that at the very least, she had an understanding of what she was signing and what the agreement was going to be. And they and their lawyers had a very different idea. I don't think that's, I, I think that's probably right. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's the case. I feel like she was a young artist mm. and she was promised things and told things because in the music industry, you use yeah. words like family, <laughs> my brother, all this stuff, right? All this is my little sister. This is da 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 da. And then when you factor in a romantic relationship, that really complicates yeah. things. And so I think that's where she feels like, oh, this is my family. They're going to take care of me. Oh, this is my, these are my brothers. They're going to take care of me. And then you find out like, oh, 
they jacked me. Mm. I'm not getting anything off of this stuff. They don't even have to. I don't own. She said it. I don't own any of that stuff. Which also, also, I know this. I don't know. This is my problem. My wife tells me this all the time. Like, like you think that everybody knows stuff that you know. And it's like, that's not the case. I thought that it was pretty common knowledge that if you're young and in the music industry, you don't own any of your stuff. Especially if you sign, particularly if you sign a major contract. Right. Like, that's kind of it. Like, I remember I remember Beyonce infamously fighting for songwriting credits and other stuff. And I just thought that was a part of the game. Like, you kind of got to give it up. And then later, once you, you know, have made so much money or proven that you can do this stuff yourself. And I think that's why Beyonce kind of like overcompensates and is like, no, I produce all this stuff. Like, she's literally hands on the branding. And I don't know to what degrees I've never been in the studio where but like the the idea and the branding is, is that she's in the studio for every session. Yeah. She's approving stuff, whatever, whatever. So out of that, she's like, I should get a producer credit. I'm not pounding on the NPC, but I am helping this yeah. record become what it is you, outside of just singing the songs. I saw I saw a, a photo of Beyonce with a little NPC. <laughs> oh, word? Yeah. Because she, rep- she, she has a line about an NPC on the song. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, uh, but you know what? Beyond, and again, that's the again. I I don't know her personally, so I can't say <laughs> sure. that. From but from how she presents herself and how they present how hands on she is, I'm not surprised. Where she was just like, "Yo, I'm about to, hey, uh, I don't know who's a producer. I don't know somebody. She's we're in the studio. With, hey, hey, Dream. Hey, Terius. Yeah. Give me a little NPC thing. Like, what what is this? And she learned how to use it. And she's like, I've got these ideas in my head. And she's just pounding them out on the drums. I, I could totally see that. The other thing I was going to say about Pharrell before we get into this, because I still want to hear this sample. We're, we're, what are we on? Track four? Jesus. Yeah. Track um, five. <laughs> Pharrell, one thing that you notice, guys and girls, all three of y'all who are on our Patreon, love you guys. Um, what's interesting about Pharrell is anytime he produces a record, just notice he's also on the song. Mm. So he's crafting the hook. There's an ad lib somewhere. Puff infamously does that too. Do y'all know why? It's because they can double dip into that product or into that song. So they can get a production credit, production fee, and they get a songwriting fee for being on the song. So I'm not surprised that Pharrell is like, yo, you know, working like look at the clips. Like clips just show up and rap and and pushing and malice are like, sure. That's fine. They're willing to give that up. But for somebody who's maybe a different type of artist, especially an R&B artist, it's like, yeah. I don't need you on these songs. I need your beats, but I don't need you. But Pharrell is still trying to double dip. So I, he's been doing that forever. And that to me is is kind of gangster in a sense. And that's why the super producer is what it is. Timbaland was doing that. Just Blaze was doing that. Like, that's a that's a thing that producers were doing. Um, But yeah, I want to hear this sample. Okay. Make sure I got a line. I got so many tabs open right now. Hold on. Make sure I got the lined up. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be in the background. You got to listen closely. Jesus. Okay. That's it. That's it? The la 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 la. Yeah. La, la, right. So they, they did some la la la's and it was kind of similar, but not a sample. No. And so... They were like, we should, we better credit that. 
because be safe. because they're trying to be safe because in the post blurred lines era which is a ridiculous ruling they basically ruled that like well they were trying to evoke the spirit of marvin Gaye, so that's close enough and it's like that's not how this works at all evoke the spirit cut it out <laughs> that's not Yo, how but that, th- that's not how the law works yeah yeah you can't say well he was trying to do this so it works yes that's an excellent and scary point and so um, there i think like honestly here's what i would here's what i would really want to know and i think this goes back to the ask that you were talking about mm. did they think to themselves oh let's use like milkshake style la la la's mixtape or milkshake type beats or or at this point if you're beyonce do you have people who listen to your music and go you know that kind of sounds like this Mm. as like a double check Mm -hmm. or maybe you're listening back you're like oh man that does kind of sound similar doesn't it i wasn't really thinking like it we'll never know but i think like i would love to know the intent basically because like i feel like morally speaking as an artist, if the intent is we're paying homage in some way, all right, maybe mm. you maybe you let them know. I mean, that's the thing. I think Khalees wanted to be asked for permission, which, by mm. the way, isn't what Beyonce did apparently for any of these, even the songs that are sampled. She, her, and her team just did it, and people didn't know about it until they heard it. Mm. So, so that wasn't just a so Khalees took not, it personal. It's, and it's like not that's just, just what the they did. thing at yeah. all. There's been interviews with all because there are all kinds of drag and ballroom samples on this right. album mm-hmm. and there have been interviews with some of these folks who were just like they were like i woke up one day and my world had changed and it was amazing and they were so happy everybody now, was just just happy and thrilled because they know they was gonna make some money they knew they were gonna make some money to, now the problem is is Khalees is not gonna make any money from this because mm. it's an interpolation of a song that she did not write and if you go back and if you look at this is why I have so many tabs open. If you look at the credits from her first three albums when she was still working with the Neptunes, mm-hmm. the Neptunes have most of the writing credits on her first album. She has writing credits on three songs on her second album. She has writing credits on like, let's say 60% of the songs, including singles like Young, Fresh and New. And then but then, it, but then uh, that album, yeah, I remember her complaining about that album somehow right. appearing on streaming services. Yeah. Right. And then that's, and then the third album, which has milkshake and everything else, where notably she starts working with other producers. Mm-hmm. It's a mixed bag, right? So a song like flashback produced by the Neptunes, she's got writing credit on it. Milkshake. Mm. She does not trick me, which is produced by Dallas Austin. It was also written solely by Dallas Austin. You mm. know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of a mixed bag and it kind of depends. So, I, you know, it's hard to square hundred percent with like how much, how much of this is like, cause I think there's the issue of credit and there's just also the issue of getting money, which is what she has really talked about is like, she says she didn't make a single dollar off those first two, mm-hmm. off those first two albums, which she signed through Virgin, signed to Virgin, but through her producers, the Neptunes. And mm-hmm. I, and we know how predatory these contracts are where it's like, no, first you got to make all your money back and everybody else gets paid first. Mm-hmm. And so that means that Pharrell and Chad had to make they, they had to I'm sure they were like, oh, they were probably like, even though it was through them, they were like, oh, well, you got to pay us as producers and as writers. Like, I'm sure everybody got a cut before Khalees. I'm sure. Of course. Right. That's how that goes. But yeah. that's not. Okay, so back to what we're saying. So energy, not much of a sample. That's interesting. Not even really much of an interpolation. They're just no, being they, safe. They, they were just being safe. Wow, blur line. Did they ever? And, and Shane brought this up 
uh, in our Patreon. But did they um was there ever any follow up? We we covered that Katy Perry and Flame lawsuit, didn't we? I thought we yeah. did. Was there any follow up? I know they he won and then they appealed and I didn't hear anything, which usually means that there was some sort of out of court settlement, right? Yeah, hold on. Actually, Rapzilla had an article about that earlier this year. Um, yeah, so the victory and the settlement were overturned, and the courts ruled that the the money that was the final decision was that the win and the money was was unsupported because basically here's here's a direct quote from the courts: allowing a copyright would essentially amount to allowing an an improper monopoly over two note pitch sequences or even the minor scale itself. Mm. Dang. <laughs> Which, I mean, there are common note progressions, common chord progressions in what we call, quote-unquote, Western music, just in music in general. Mm-hmm. There are common ones that are used all over the place. Right. So, anyway. Anyway, all right. That's energy, which yeah. <laughs> which is super short, but is uh, basically an interlude between Cuff It and Break My Soul. To hear the rest of this week's show, exclusive episodes, and more, subscribe today at patreon.com slash crspodcast or clockradiospeakers.com.